Welcome to Is It Bedtime Yet? The podcast for parents about mental health and the experience of being a parent. The podcast that discusses what it's like to be adults raising tiny humans that make us all ask, is it bedtime yet? Hi, welcome back to Is It Bedtime Yet? I'm Dr. Jen and over there is Dr. Serene. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good. (laughs) Okay, so today's topic, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were struggling to find a topic for today, and I I brought up somebody that had asked me recently in a very serious way if I felt like there were more people today being diagnosed with mental health disorders. Mm. And my explanation was, well, yes, only because there's no – well, there is a stigma still, but it's much, much, much less. And, right. Um, and there's more services available, and it's more openly, like, talked about. Right. Before, if you had depression, you wouldn't talk about it. But now right. you say, like, I suffer from depression, so, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this on this day because, you know, I'm I'm feeling really not well. And right. I, I need to go to therapy, or therapy is even, like, Well, and that's what I was going to say, is about. even something like therapy, where, yeah. like, even 10 years ago, nobody would admit to going to therapy because that means that you're crazy, whereas now it's almost, like, become trendy to go to therapy everybody has a therapist yeah um and then this person specifically brought up narcissists and asked if there were more narcissists now than there was before Mm. that's such an interesting question yeah and then i i realized narcissism is like super sexy in our culture like (laughs) super sexy it it is i love it i I mean everybody wants to learn about narcissists Mm. everybody wants to talk about narcissists like it's kind of like cool to know a narcissist you know um or like labeling well i think that's something else we should talk about too is like the layperson's definition of yes. narcissism versus what narcissistic personality disorder is. Right. And I think it's become so, like you said, it's become like trendy to call somebody a narcissist uh-huh. versus actually knowing what narcissism really means from like a diagnosable standpoint. Yeah. And that's what I told this person. Like, I remember being younger and being like, oh my gosh, he's such a narcissist or saying things <laughs> like, she's so narcissistic. She's so into her looks or, right. you know, and yeah that's kind of part of being a narcissist but that's not technically like what it is right um and we use it so freely yes yeah and maybe we should talk to today a little bit about like what the implications are for somebody who's a narcissist and a parent like what what being a parent might look like if you're narcissistic or what the implications could be on the children of a narcissist yeah, I mean, let's talk about what like a true, true. yeah, let's start clinically there. diagnosed narcissist right. looks like. Right. So, I mean, I guess the layperson definition of a narcissist is somebody who's just really into themselves. Yeah. Right. Like somebody who's just all about me. Right. right? Is yeah. that is that how you? Yeah. Say it? Yeah. And I've always said those those kind of people that are like all about me. You know, they only talk about themselves and mm-hmm. they don't ask you about yourself, whatever. I really like those people. Like on a very <laughs> shallow level, I like like minimally befriending those people because Mm, it's very little work for you it's very little work for me i can totally agree with that you just sit there and nod as they tell you their stories about themselves is that because we're both identified introverts probably (laughs) so we really like the people who will just carry the conversation it's awesome you want to sit there and talk about yourself and not ask me anything about me good maybe it also speaks to us being therapists too probably that like we spend so much time listening to other people talking that like i don't know the thought of me unloading my stuff on somebody else seems exhausting even if you like that too though oh i love it okay me too yeah not like not like like i'm crazy but not like as a true deep 
relationship. Oh, no, super shallow. But like if you're like, like at the park with your kids and you have somebody who wants yeah. to talk all about them, like cool, I'll talk yeah. about talk about you. Do or it. Or even somebody you know like that's a constant in your life, yeah. but very like limited. And yeah. every time you see them, they talk about themselves. I'm like, cool, yes, I could do this. <laughs> It's I can identify with it's that. It's like reading um a, it's like listening to an audiobook. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's, it's totally like a okay virtual reality audiobook. Yes. Like you're in it, you're engaged, but you're minimally engaged. Yes. I really like that. Yeah. So I guess the point of this the point of this is find yourselves if you're an introvert, if find yourself a narcissist. But no, not 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 a true DSM narcissist. We're talking like lay person. They like to talk about themselves. Yeah. Anyway. Back, back to clinical narcissism. Back to clinical narcissism. So let's talk about what the DSM... So the DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Illness. Health Disorders. Men- Men- it says it in the front of Mental I'm Disorders. Yes. Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And we are right now on the fifth edition of the DSM. So I literally have my DSM pulled out right here in front of me. And we're going to talk about what the diagnostic criteria is. So if you're talking about somebody who you think is a narcissist, in order for them to be clinically diagnosed as a narcissist, here are the criteria that have to be present. A pervasive pattern of grandiosity, either in fantasy or behavior, need for admiration and lack of empathy, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts, as indicated by five or more of the following has a grandiose sense of self-importance two is preoccupied with fantasies of unlimited success power brilliance beauty or ideal love three believes that he or she is special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special or high status people four requires excessive admiration five has a sense of entitlement six is interpersonally exploitative Seven, lacks empathy or is unwilling to recognize or identify with the feelings and needs of others. Eight, is often envious of others or believes that others are envious of him or her. And nine, shows arrogant, haughty behaviors or attitudes. Hmm. Um, already right there, I can think of several people who probably like, fit wow. that. <laughs> I know a lot of narcissists. Yeah. <laughs> well, so if you're wondering if somebody in your life or somebody that you know is narcissistic, um... Or maybe even yourself. Um, that those are the diagnostic criteria. So if you were to see a therapist, a psychiatrist, that is the criteria that they are looking for. Right, and it's not necessarily somebody that's super into themselves, or right. somebody that's you know constantly talking about themselves. This is somebody that has like he thinks or she thinks that they're super special they the have world this, like, revolves around them yes that you should also think the world revolves mm-hmm. around them super grandiose sense of self they mm-hmm. think they're above everybody else they don't interact with the peasants right i think a, a key phrase in there that's really important is that lack of empathy yeah i think that's sort of like a, a key classic criteria for uh narcissistic personality disorder is just not having that empathy for other people yeah. yes so i mean in today's society it's mm-hmm. very it's very easy to find most of these criteria in a person mm-hmm. people are so focused on like how they're going to look on social media um it, everything's very individualistic right like editing pictures and well i think that's a really good point yeah. is our society has sort of moved into a very right. narcissistic kind of way and so I'm taking out the empathy part. Right, here. right. Disregarding the empathy component of narcissistic personality mm-hmm. disorder. That I think it's if common to find these traits. Else, yeah. 
you will find thousands and thousands and thousands of narcissists, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think it's also the degree to which these things are present and whether or not it interferes with their ability to make and maintain relationships. Okay, so how would that, how would a narcissist have difficulty making and maintaining relationships? Mm. I mean, if you think about it from the point of that it's hard to connect with somebody who isn't trying to connect with you, Mm -hmm. right? And so I can imagine that if, like, I mean, let's let's just take it super basic and say, like, you're on a blind date with somebody, right? And right. you're sitting across the table from a person you've never met before, and you start realizing that this person thinks, you know, the sun rises and sets around their schedule, yeah. and they have zero empathy, they aren't asking you any questions, they're uh, talking about how important and special they are, it's going to be really hard to feel connected to that person. Right. So I imagine in, I mean, and that's just like on a dating context where like the goal of that meeting is to try to make a connection with somebody. So I can imagine in every other space in their life, it's probably pretty hard for that person to make genuine connections with other people. Yet narcissists are able to get married. All the time. Parent. All the time. And I think there's also certain personality types that almost look for right. people who, like you said, like there's some part of us that's like kind of drawn to people who are going to carry the conversation and talk about themselves. Right, right. And that's on like a very minimal level, super like a very level. super shallow, right. superficial level. Um, but I think there's certain people with certain personality characteristics who sort of crave those relationships of people who seem very powerful or important or feel like they're very powerful and important. And maybe it's people who don't necessarily like have high self-esteem themselves or feel like they need to be connected to somebody who seems really important. I think there are certain kinds of people who feel very comfortable around those kinds of people who build themselves up to seem really big. Right. And also some people like to, okay, so the narcissist likes to think that they make you feel a certain way. They have power over you. They have power over everything. And there are some personality types that can't take accountability over their own emotions for example when there is a fight and they get angry they say things you made me angry you did this to me and you're making me feel this way when we all know that's not really accurate Mm -hmm. you know we're in control of our own emotions right but the narcissist loves that you Mm -hmm. know they're not for the narcissist it's more validating like yes i have this power to make you change your emotions and make you feel angry right And the partner who's feeling like, wow, this person has the power to make me feel this way. And it So those kinds of people are kind of like magnets towards each other. Yeah. And it I mean it works for that relationship and I'm I'm sure there's struggles and there's challenges because any kind of mental health or personality disorder is really difficult to live with and you Mm -hmm. do need to seek help. Uh, whether it be from a friend or a doctor or a medical doctor or a therapist or whoever. Um, But these relationships do work and they can work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about that original question of are there more narcissists today? Like, are there more mental health issues today? I mean, I think specifically sticking to narcissism, I think there are more people who who look like Like narcissists today. I don't necessarily know if they meet the clinical criteria. Right. Well, and like we said, I think society is moving in a direction where people are 
I don't know, like you're almost rewarded for displaying more narcissistic traits, right? Like you were saying, like on Instagram, you get more likes when you take those selfies. You get more likes when you're in those flattering poses. It feels good to get those likes. It's that endorphin kick. Um, So weird. It's it's so weird. But that's just sort of the the way society is moving and, and so everybody wants to be famous everybody there's bloggers and youtubers well, and these crazy. are all individualistic but what's jobs. crazy is i think people have always always wanted to be famous but now it's more attainable to be famous I because i mean people have always looked at people like movie stars and been like wow that's somebody that i admire i look up to it'd be so cool to be a famous actor singer etc but now you can be famous for anything and any person right. can be famous but i but i feel like okay for example in my time, mm-hmm. it was, uh, gosh, Brad in Pitt. Time. In my time, it was Brad Pitt. And what was that movie he did? Ugh, with brothers and fight. Oh, Legends of the Fall. Never saw it. Okay, cool. well, <laughs> you are younger than me. So this this was a movie that made Brad Pitt, like, the hot... I mean, he was the hot guy before that. Yeah, but this course. was, like, the hot guy gets his big movie kind of a thing. Yeah. But he was in a movie with other actors and other really successful actors, and it was, like, a teamwork of, Mm -hmm. like, putting this project forward and making it, right? And he's a celebrity. But now it's, like, bloggers. One person sitting behind their laptop blogging. A YouTuber. YouTuber. One person sitting behind their camera or whatever. Right. Or in front of their camera, I should say. And posting that right. and just podcasters podcast, pod. no see we have <laughs> each totally other Jen. That's podcasters true. that do podcasts by themselves weird no. <laughs> those are the narcissists no totally JK. kidding totally kidding no but even yeah. podcasting yeah. absolutely but you know it's things seem so in, like it's more individualistic yeah. it's like not no, 100%. like 100 percent. even being a celebrity it's like i made this and i'm a celebrity not like I worked my butt off and was in a bunch of movies and then finally got my break and had this all-star cast of actors perform with me and we made it big and now I'm famous. Like, it's not that anymore. I don't know if I'm explaining it right. No, I I think I kind of get it. But it's just, it, but I, but I mean, that just kind of all goes back to what we were saying is that it's sort of, it's this collectivistic movement towards narcissism. Right. It's our whole society moving in that direction. I mean, what does that make us now? We're narcissists because we have a podcast. <laughs> Yet we Basically. would rather be friends with a narcissist. Right. <laughs> hey. Rather not have to be the ones that are talking. <laughs> Oi. Something is wrong with us. Yeah. But anyway. Um, oh, where was I even going? Uh, you were saying it's uh, an oh, individualistic the, yeah. something. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know who listens. <laughs> who not me? <laughs> Clearly, um, no. But I mean, I think, like as like we said, as a society, we're all moving in that direction. Um, I was reading some articles about it, and they on psychology today, and they started citing things like in the eighties, um, that movement towards like, praising kids for, like, a job well done or telling every kid that they're special, like, the whole Mr. Rogers syndrome, uh, which, BTW, I'm a big fan of Mr. Rogers, and I, I'm, I, I'm, I drank that Kool-Aid, um, but, like, that, I, that idea of, like, participation trophies just for trying, and, and so, like, that article specifically on, on Psychology Today was citing that that might be part of what's moved our, our culture in that direction of thinking that, like, everybody's important, everybody's special, but, I would argue that there's there's some balance there because I think, I mean, obviously, like, I grew up in that age in the 80s, and but I, I think that it's important to let people know that they're important and they're special. Well, 
Okay, so the difference between narcissism and self-esteem, I think we should yes. highlight that. because that, That's what that feeling was that felt right. like that wasn't fitting right. Yes, that's exactly it. I mean, it's okay to have high self-esteem. Yes. And I, and I think this is where there's that thin line of like... Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. ...taking out empathy. If we take out empathy, mm-hmm. more than half the population is a narcissist. But right. adding in that empathy component, I think, is huge. Yes. And there's a big difference between self-esteem and narcissism. That's what wasn't fitting right for me, and I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was. That's exactly it. Yeah. Because I think if you go back to that, like, Mr. Rogers, you're everybody's special, you can grow up to be whatever you want to be, everybody gets a participation trophy for trying, I think that's okay in building self-esteem, but I think it has to be balanced with that, like you said, like that sense of empathy, like being a being a and you don't I mean if you have high self-esteem it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a false sense of entitlement or exploitation or you have a sense of superiority Mm -hmm. you just like yourself and that's okay right but the narcissist has this superior like feeling of being superior to others yes right so like the difference between self-esteem and narcissism uh is basically like self-esteem represents an attitude that you've built about yourself kind of based on your accomplishments the things that you've done the values you have um but also I think a major part of it is also like the care that you've shown towards others or the care that others have had towards you Mm -hmm. and I think that's a big piece of self-esteem versus narcissism which a lot of times is really kind of like rooted in fear or like fear of failure and so like them feeling like they need to build themselves up so that they feel really big because they're really scared of not being big um and it's like this unhealthy spiral of like needing to be the best this this uh insecurity and feeling inadequate and yeah so like it really isn't based on anybody else other than their fear of other people yeah i mean from my just clinical experience nothing based in research i wouldn't even call it fear it's Mm -hmm. almost like walking a tightrope with no safety net and it's like you're gonna fall into the abyss well that's if you're not succeeding on that safe on that uh, tightrope absolutely well and that's i I think it's a fear but i almost feel like it's like an unconscious fear like they they wouldn't call it a fear yeah it's like a black hole of like nothingness if Mm -hmm. i'm not this superior thing i'm nothing i'm there's no no other option there's like nothing um like there's no choice. Like mm-hmm. they are that. Like in their head. If and if you strip them of that, then it's like they lose, which is any why sense it, of anything. Right. Which is why there's this like frantic mm-hmm. sense of like adherence to this persona of who they are and like needing you to believe it also. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it must be really, really hard to live oh my with God. narcissism and to yes. to have that experience of wanting to be superior to everything when especially today's society you're nobody's superior to anything like right or you know there's always going to be the next guy that's better than you like there's always going to be somebody smarter than you in any social context any social situation you're always going to be sitting next to the guy on a train that's like better looking than you or smarter Mm -hmm. than you or like more clever or witty or funny than you and it's it's it must be super hard yeah um how moving on to how a narcissist would be as a parent Mm -hmm. how do you parent as a narcissist what does that even look like well i mean i i imagine for a narcissist raising a child has got to be really hard because your children i mean as parents even in general like your children are an extension of you and so i imagine the narcissist um 
probably experiences a lot of, I don't know, narcissistic injury if their child isn't the best at something or if right. they're, if their child. And the child's almost like an extension exactly. of themselves. Right. And, and so their like, skill set. Exactly. And so if their child fails at something, God forbid, or, um, you know, there's, I imagine it's probably a lot of pressure on, on the child. Right. And here's where another, another caveat comes in. Mm-hmm. So many parents are I are called narcissists. Right. Oh, he's such a narcissist dad or whatever. Right. And it's again like we made the distinction between self esteem and narcissism. Let's make different. the distinction between um, narcissistic parents and mm-hmm. p- a person having parent centric tendencies. Yes. I mean, a lot of us, many of us, want our children to succeed. Get frustrated when our children behave badly in public, of or when they bring home a bad grade after studying so hard. Mm-hmm. Or we're super proud of our kids and go ha- around everywhere showing off their picture. That's right. not narc. That's not a narcissistic parent. That's right. just a parent that's super parent centric and really into being, being a, a mom or dad right. and really into <laughs> their kid. Good for you. Let's move on. Right. Narcissistic parent is is threatened by their child's independence mm. even into adulthood yeah the child exists only to serve the needs the very selfish needs mm-hmm. of the narcissistic parent yeah i would add and, to that too that it i mean like we said earlier like the major uh theme of narcissistic right. personality disorder is that like lack of of empathy and i think that really shines through in parenthood because as parents um you like to think that you have at least some empathy and attunement Mm -hmm. with your kids and I think one of the challenges for a parent with narcissistic personality disorder is they really really struggle with being attuned with their children and having any kind of empathy or like true deep connection with their kids right yeah and so I imagine for that relationship it just makes it hard to be connected to your kid. And like you said, your your children become more of an extension of you mm-hmm. and um, a reflection of who you are versus a an person, independent an independent self, person like an indif- that you yep. would have a relationship mm-hmm. with. Absolutely. Um, and so in doing some research about how narcissistic parenting um, affects children, and you can imagine what kind of relationship comes out of a child having a parent who's not attuned with them or not having any empathy or like having any emotional connection with them right so i mean things like uh the child not feeling seen or heard um feeling like they're treated as an accessory to their parents instead of like a person like we had said um and usually they feel more valued for what they do or what they accomplish rather than for who they are as a person um and i mean the list just goes on and on they learn uh, they don't learn to identify or trust their own feelings. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of self-doubt, low self-esteem, a lot of anxiety, um, afraid of being like open and real and honest. And instead they create some anxiety or, or even depression around who they are as a person because they weren't really ever seen as a person right. by their parent. You know, and then a lot of times they grow up and they can end up having PTSD, like post-traumatic stress disorder Mm -hmm. from growing up in that kind of environment and oftentimes end up with, you know, depression, anxiety, other kinds of mental health issues, all because, you know, they weren't ever really seen for who they were growing up and they weren't really validated or, you know, treated as 
as a person and having a, a real authentic relationship with their parents. Yeah, and I think one one of the ways that a child of a narcissist, because we, you know, there might be listeners that are mm-hmm. now adult children of narcissistic parents. We're starting to go, oh boy, that yeah. sounds a lot like That's, my parents. Now I know what, what was happening yeah. in my childhood. Um, I mean, the one of the things that's recommended is to learn to create boundaries and detach from the narcissistic parent that doesn't mean cut them off right just set the boundaries and mentally detach from anything they may say that might make you feel any of the ways that Jen just listed earlier Mm -hmm. and if you are going to set those boundaries accept that your parent that is a narcissist is going to make it very difficult for you Mm. to create those boundaries and to kind of make that clean break without Mm. without really you know ruining the relationship right and whatever happens and don't blame yourself absolutely well the way i would think of it is like when you try to set boundaries for the first time with like a toddler right you get a lot of pushback first right Right. like it's almost like it gets way harder before it gets easier Um, The same thing happens with adults, and especially adults uh, who are very, uh, you know, who have that sense of grandiosity and it's all about them. If somebody tries to set a firm boundary with them, they're going to push back because they don't like that. Um, Yeah, because narcissistic parents generally, like, lash out or or crumble in tears, Mm -hmm. do whatever they can to get the attention when their children kind of um, confront them, are confrontational about any issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. so back to not blaming yourself because yeah. children of narcissists usually do have a history of self-blame and finding fault within themselves. Right. Because they've been raised in an environment where they've right. been subjected to that growing Absolutely. up. Yeah. So it's, it's critical that as an adult child of a narcissism, you learn to lift that guilt off from yourself. Right. Absolutely. And a lot of times that involves, you know, going to therapy, going and processing all of this stuff. Because like, like I said earlier, it can result in PTSD. Um, it, it's a lot to carry on your shoulders. Right. Um, so going to therapy can absolutely help. I mean, we always, we always recommend therapy, but um, especially in this scenario, going to therapy, processing all of this stuff can be really helpful. Absolutely. Um, there, are also, there are also a few books um, that come really highly recommended. Um, if you're sitting there going, oh, God, this sounds just like my childhood, um, there are lots of books out there that um, are really highly recommended. Let me give you the, the title of a couple of them. The Drama of the Gifted Child by Alice Miller is a, is a good resource, a good book. Um, another one is Trapped in the Mirror by uh, Elon Golom. And there are a few other ones. You can, you can just kind of Google books about narcissistic parents, but I know that those are a couple of them. Um, and there's another one, Will I Ever Be Good Enough by Carol McBride. Um, so those are some of the books that I mm-hmm. just kind of wanted to throw out there. But there's a lot of good reading and resources out there for um, adult children yes. who have uh, grown up in homes with a narcissistic parent. My favorite since before even going to grad school, mm-hmm. I just had to buy this book. It was It's called The Narcissistic Family by Pressman Donaldson. Oh, that was another one that I was going to bring up. Or Stephanie Donaldson Pressman and Robert Pressman. Okay. Okay. And why I loved this book was because um, they're therapists and they realized that adult children of narcissists displayed very similar symptoms and behaviors that adult children of substance abusers demonstrated. Oh, interesting. But these children of narcissists didn't report any memory of abuse or anything like that. It, in their mind, they had a very 
typical childhood. Mm. And what these um, therapists, you know, discovered was that the goal of the narcissistic family is skewed because, you know, all of us, our goal is to raise independent adults, like raise our children to be independent functioning adults, whereas in a narcissistic family, raising an independent child turning into a successful adult is almost like a threat Mm. so it was it's really interesting that's really interesting yes i i've heard about that one okay i will lend it to you i have it still perfect um such a good book yeah but um go ahead what were you gonna say i totally cut you off because i love that book (laughs) no that's okay i'm glad you brought that up and i i might take you up on that and read it okay um the other thing that i just wanted to bring up before we kind of wrap this up is um, just like we said, you might be listening to this and be like, oh my God, that sounds like my childhood. That sounds just like my mom. That sounds just like my dad. Um, you may also be listening to this and go, oh my God, I didn't realize how much I identify with a lot of those traits. Um, and so I think that's something that we just kind of like have to put out there is that I think there's a lot of stigma around the, the concept of personality disorders. Uh-huh. And even, you know, uh, even as therapists, we talked about it kind of in a negative light in this episode. Um, and so I think it's really important to talk about what does it mean if you identify with a lot of these traits or if you start thinking, oh, God, what if that's me? Because having a personality disorder isn't a life sentence. Nope. Um, it doesn't mean that you're bad. It doesn't mean that you do bad things to others purposefully. Um, it's just a cluster of personality traits that might be incredibly challenging to overcome and make it incredibly challenging for you to have good relationships Relationships with other people exactly but it isn't a life sentence and it doesn't mean that it's going to be bad forever it does mean that you're going to have a lot of work to do right and it means that you have to be open and honest with yourself and want to make a change i mean at the end of the day all of us have a lot of work to do i do not know one person amen that can say they have a perfect childhood a perfect life perfect experience perfect anything so I mean, yeah, we might we might be talking about the diso- the personality disorder yeah. today and 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 it's been seen in a negative light. Yeah. I think by society it's there's a stigma around it, but there shouldn't be and it's right. it's totally okay. The way I talk to my clients about things like personality disorders is just like any other diagnosis, it's a cluster of symptoms and right. it's a way of describing a person that has a cluster of symptoms about like a, a I don't know, traits of their personality. It doesn't mean that they are bad. It doesn't mean that they are ill. It means that they were raised in a way that led them to grow up with these traits. Right. And if you don't, it's just like any other diagnosis, if you don't seek help for it, you're going to continue on in that pattern that you've been in. Right. And I think just like as a society to get to help fight this stigma yes is to stop using the word narcissist to describe people that they perceive to be into themselves yes. or that appear to be more individualistic or to have high self-esteem and that's not a narcissist right that's just a person with that's really into themselves right just in the same way right. that like it became really trendy for like teens to be like oh i'm feeling so suicidal like oh, they're yeah. not suicidal or for somebody to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to have a panic attack when you're not really going to have a panic attack. Right. Um, and it's in that that same vein of being respectful of the fact that there are a lot of people who are actually struggling with these diagnoses and minimizing it by 
mislabeling it or overusing it does a disservice to everybody because it just kind of further perpetuates that stigma around it. Right. Yeah. Well, we hope everybody walked away with something today (laughs) about narcissism. I get asked about it so much. Yeah. And it was just this most recent inquiry that I was like, hey. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I mean... I think the the take-home message is there's help out there. These people do exist. Maybe there are more. Maybe there aren't more. Maybe just, you know, people are talking about it more. But either way, there's resources out there, therapy, books, etc. Um, and I hope that this was helpful information. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you have any questions for us, um, if you can relate to any of this stuff, you can email us at isitbedtimeyetpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, isitbedtimeyetpodcast, with underscores between each of the words, and on Facebook at isitbedtimeyetpodcast. Um, you can also find us on Patreon, look up the different tiers of uh, subscription that you can, you can check out. Uh, we have lots of cool, exclusive content on there. And until next time, this is Dr. Jen and Dr. Serene asking, is it bedtime yet? Bye.